salespeople believe that them talking and having charisma is going to be great. No. The ones that follow the best process win. And you need to have a salesperson that is willing to follow a process to the T. Are you a consulting business owner seeking a better way to scale to your next million in revenue? Accelerate Sales Podcast features other experts who have cracked the code to predictable revenues with proven sales systems that quickly increase revenue and get you on the fast track back to doing what you do best. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast. If you're a first-time listener, I hope you enjoy the podcast. And if you do, please subscribe. If you're a regular, love your feedback. Just email me at any time. All the links are in the show notes. And, you know, this whole episode will be transcribed, but I recommend you take notes because what you're going to get today is absolutely incredible. I actually filled my notepad with all of the information. And uh, our guest is someone incredibly special. So they started a t-shirt business when they were eight and they ran two ventures during school. Then they uh, left or actually whilst they were in college, they ran a broking firm in New York. And then in uh, around 2000, they set up an online trading business, which they scaled to 85 people. And then uh, our guest met someone called Vern Harnish, who uh, if you don't know, is uh, behind Gazelles, Scaling Up, and is the business partner of our guest today. And they've impacted you know, huge amounts of entrepreneurs. I'll actually tell you how many in a moment. So then uh, he went and scaled a business in uh, Mexico. It ended up being the second largest internet business in South America or Latin America, and had over 1,200 employees when it was bought by uh, one of the, the, I think it was the second largest bank. Uh, then in 2007, I uh, was in the prime market in the US and uh, unfortunately got hugely impacted. So lost over a million dollars personally, uh, you know, had six months of depression, really, you know, it, it you know, was something outside of his control, but it certainly made a massive impact on him and his life. And uh, then uh, Vern came and approached him again and said, hey, look, you know, I think you should help me set up another institute. And he said, well, you know, I've, I've just failed, had a monumental failure. He goes, yes, but those learnings are incredibly valuable for other entrepreneurs. So that's where they launched Growth Institute, which is a brand online community. And the Growth Institute has been recognised among the top 5,000 fast-growing companies in the USA and has over 40,000 members and is now across 86 countries. So what I'll do now is hand you over to the co-founder, Daniel Marcos from growthinstitute.com. Welcome, Daniel Marcos from the Growth Institute to Accelerate Sales. Brilliant to have you here, Daniel. Thank you, Paul. Super excited to be here. Yeah, I think um, out of all the guests I've had, I think this is what, 319 guests oh, wow. now that uh, you're the one that I've stalked the most. So um, <laughs> feel, I, I feel like I know you well, but a lot of our guests don't know you as well as uh, I've been stalking you. So, you know, firstly, you know, who who do you help and what problems do you help them with? So when 
we believe we don't have a startup problem. Uh, there's thousands of startups in the world. Indeed, 2019, there were 11,000 new startups an hour in the world. Wow. But there's very few scale-ups, very few that are able to go past the 1 million. Um, and something that Vern and I identify in conversations is online, there's a lot of great training for startups and really great training for big corporations. There's nothing for the middle. And we want to focus on mid-market companies that want to go from a million to a hundred million. That's kind of our sweet spot. Indeed, half of the clients that we serve do between one and five million, and the other half between five and hundred million. Brilliant. And, and look, I know you've got a, a book out called Impact X, and you talk about four stages, how you spread that that growth. So just can you take us through what those four stages are and, and, and what are the key differences in each of the stages? So let me let me just do a quick analysis, uh, common assessment. People uh, call me and say, hey, what's the most important book I need to read today? And I was like, like that's like going to the doctor and said, doctor, give me the strongest medicine that you have. Like, whoa, if you go to a pharmacy, they have thousands of different medicines. Same happens with books and with methodologies. If you go to Amazon, there's over 2 million different business book titles in Amazon. Uh, so people believe that just implementing a methodology, they never care what stage your company at and things. So we, we've been helping companies for so many years that we know exactly that companies on stage one, two or three or four, they have the same issues, they're going through the same problems, same bottlenecks and stuff. So stage one is one to five employees. And by the way, below the podcast, there's gonna be a link for you to download the slides. So if you want to follow this better, go and download the slides. So stage one is a startup, one to five employees. And the entrepreneur really has to figure out what are they selling, who are they selling it to, like the product market fit, right? And we strongly recommend you do not go above five employees until you don't figure out your product market fit. Today is very easy to go and raise a lot of venture capital money and loans and everything because there's a lot of money in the world, but they don't figure out the model and then they end up losing the company and owing a lot of money. So stage one, figure out your product market fit before you go to stage two. Stage two, six to 15 employees more or less. And the idea is to really get the right team. And here I tell people, on stage one, you don't choose your employees. Your employees choose you. Mm -hmm. If anyone is willing to work for you, if they have a pulse, you're so thankful that you just hire them. And you hire a lot of generalists because you don't know what you need. On stage two, you understand your business more, you have a product market fit, you have to get the right team to really start scaling your company. And usually you start getting people that are better than you in certain areas of the business. And the second part of stage two is cash. It's when your expenses are fixed and your revenue system or your revenue model is not stable. You have a lot of ups and downs in revenue and that creates a lot of cash flow problems. And then when someone is getting out of stage two and trying to go to stage three, I usually stop them and say, hey, going to stage three is a very different ball game and animal than stage two. If you ask me, I believe firmly the best combination of quality of life and cash is a stage two. Indeed, I disencourage a lot of people to go to stage three because they don't understand what is stage three. Stage three is a really, really tough animal. When you're going from a company that you have full control to a company that you have managers and VPs and all that, 
If you, like stage one to stage two, let's say a company in the US, usually those are on a million, million five in revenue. If you really want to do stage three well, you have to go all the way to 10 million in revenue. If you try to go to three or four, your company is not sellable. Mm-hmm. It's still not, it has a lot of drama. You don't have enough margins to hire really good managers. It's a mess. You go to stage three, if you're really going to build an asset that will have an intrinsic value and you're going to sell it. Very few people buy companies below 10 million. Indeed, all the private equities in the world, they will never come into a company that is doing less than 10 million revenue. So your, your opportunities for you to sell your company, you have to get to 10. And that's a no man's land between million and a half to 10 million. It's a really, really weird stage. But the people that are able to go through it really excel on valuation and, and impact. And most of the companies die on stage three. Indeed, I was giving this presentation uh, or a presentation on, on my book a couple of months ago. And one of the entrepreneurs texted me after and said, Daniel, you explained to me what happened the last 10 years of my life. I had 150 employees. I was doing 25 million in revenue, but I was miserable. I hated my life. And one day I just like, couldn't do it anymore. And I imploded my company. Today I have 17 employees. I do 6 million in revenue and I'm the happiest entrepreneur ever. So if you really want to be a happy entrepreneur, stay there. If you said, okay, I want to build a really big asset that I could sell, great, go to stage three. But understand that you're going to be in a very, very complicated three to five years where you're building infrastructure, assets, and everything, and then you're going to enjoy the growth again. So that's kind of what we're trying to build a model to give some guidance to someone. And as an example, we call the terrible twos of a kid of two years old. We know that's when they realize they could tell you no. And they tell you no for everything and they want to go their own way. And we know that's a stage, but no one understands that companies have those kind of stages. Employees have those kind of stages in the company. So we're building a model to give kind of a 30,000 view to an entrepreneur to really understand their challenges they're going to go through and how and what they have to do to take care of them as fast as possible to go to the next stage. Yeah, Brent, I think stage four is dominate. Well, it's what, 250? 250 and more, correct. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's all about really, once you pass that, now you're a player in the market. It's competition one-to-one with your other competitors. And now you're kind of in a spiral, opening new divisions and things like that. That's yeah, great. And that's I, yeah, and I know you talk about, you know, market share. It really becomes about claiming market share and that's it great. depends how much the industry is growing, but, you know, often that's it, market share. Look, I love that and I love, you know, how simple it is but the context it gives. And I know I've been in business 10 years and certainly, you know, we we certainly from the startup, we once built it hoping they would come and we all know how that that works, <laughs> and, you know. Yeah, and, and look, I, I'm I'm in stage uh, two, and 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 I must say I'm sort of between one and two, to be honest, because of my health and, and you know, mm-hmm. if you're a regular listener, you'd you'd know that yeah. um, to protect that, and and I really love that. And but I have got people that are sort of in the you know the 15 million. They run a a more traditional business. And yeah, just I can see them aging in front of me, and I'm like, really, like for the the net amount of money that you pull out of the business in cash, like you said, versus all the headache, is it worth it? So it's great to hear you talk about that. So if we go into stage two, right, which most of our audience is, and yes. you talk about it's the grow up stage, 
or Correct. is it the grow up or growth? Yes, grow up. Growth up. Yeah, growth so up. So it's startup, grow up, scale up, and then you dominate your industry. Yeah, brilliant. So, so in that stage two, you say that the most important thing is sales. And as you said, revenue can be lumpy, et cetera. So what do you know about sales in that stage two that you know many people miss? So the big issue in stage two is your expenses are fixed and your revenue is not fixed. Yes. And that creates all the drama on stage two. So what you have to do there is a replicable sales model. And there's a lot of options out there. They're all, they all have goods and bads. But the problem is that people don't commit to one and dominate one. And Jack Daly, that is my, my mentor in sales, said, hey, if you have 40 sales agents, everyone believes they have the best sales model and they run their best sales models according to them. There's no 40 best sales models. There's one. Yes. Your job as a CEO is figuring out that sales model in stage two. And write a playbook. Like, what are the 15 most common objections? And write what's the right answer to all those 15 objections. What's the process? How do you send the email? After email one, if they don't answer in 48 hours, you have to sell email two. Really write the playbook of your sales systems that will give you a replicable sales model. If you do that, you're going to be able to control sales according to expenses. And now you could scale a company. Most companies go to stage three without having that replicable sales model. And that creates a lot of drama on stage three. Yeah, like I, I hear all the time, it's, you know, referrals got me to the first million. I'm like, that's great. And, you, and look how hard you've worked to get those referrals. But as you said, that's not repeatable. It's not predictable. You know, it's what not. else can you do? And, you know, I know that, you know, you help a lot of consulting service-based businesses, like, you know, all, all of the people that are listening here, the majority of them. Is there any particular playbook that you see that works more than the, the other 40 or the other 30? So today we used to. One is content marketing. And this we follow a model by someone called Evan Peggett. Evan has a video in YouTube called Move the Free Line. Before, you used to give very little for free, and then you wanted to charge all the rest. And the free line was here. People said, no, you have to move the free line, give a lot for free, and then charge a really big premium for whatever you charge. So we have a lot of content online. Uh, as an example, if you Google the word DHAG, we're number one, we're higher than Jim Collins in DHAG. And we probably get a thousand downloads of lead magnets every month for that. Getting to accept that we have to do that and then writing the right blog, article, video, and everything around DHAG to dominate the world, it probably cost me $10,000. And it's one article, one blog article with one video. And over, over everything, it cost me $10,000 to build. But it consistently brings me around 1,000 leads a month, right? So that's the importance. And in content marketing, how many videos are about BHAG online? There's probably 200 or 2,000 in YouTube. Yes. To be the number one, it's really expensive. Yes. And, and it has a formula. You have to understand keywords and SEO and the quality of the video. Like you have to script the video. Incredible what you have to do to get it done. But once you get it, it's replicable, consistent. That's right. one. And then the second one is paid marketing. 
And people follow the affiliate marketing and referral marketing and all that. And it's great to start, but it's not consistent. You could, I, I want to have a model that I invest a dollar in marketing and I get three in revenue. Yes. And you have to build funnels that are very, very optimized. That if you said, hey, I want to do a million dollars in the month of May, how much do I have to spend in leads? And by the way, we know as an example on scaling up, the most buyers are in our third launch of a class. They usually participate in two launches and they haven't bought. They buy on the third launch. So I have to be start spending marketing today for revenue I'm going to have in February next year. Mm. Now we know our business that well that we know that if we don't get X amount of leads on quarter one, we're not going to have X amount of sales on quarter three. And that's what it takes. Yeah. If, yeah. if you sell a $50 product, people are going to be more impulse buying and they're going to buy on spot. If you're going to sell a consulting, five, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000, it takes three to six months of a sales process. So in stage two, you have to understand your sales process. You have to understand your funnels, the volume, the conversion rates, everything. So you could really be able to scale and say, okay, now I'm going to raise $10 million of venture capital to inject and get a million leads that is going to get me to do 10 million revenue in two years. Yeah, brilliant. And, and look, I know for us, uh, LinkedIn posting in particular has been incredible. I've had over 3 million views post my, my transplant. It's really um, turned the business around. I know for a 15-minute post, like this, uh, last night I wrote a 15-minute post, Yep. Um, and you know it's a it's an art that I've built up, right? So it takes yep. takes time it to takes get time. to that. I know yep. you you know you talk about the being deliberate and having deliberate practices, That's and <laughs> you're being deliberate and posting. But uh, it's at twenty seven thousand views as of seven hours uh, post the post. So I also do think that LinkedIn is a great way to leverage your content as well. Have you had uh, or you know the people you're coaching had success on on LinkedIn? Yes. So, so the 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 only issue with LinkedIn uh, compared to YouTube, yeah. people don't go to LinkedIn and search for an article. Yeah. You usually find an article on the on your feed. So we have to post the same article several times. Indeed, we know we have like ten articles of scaling up as an example. When we we have scaling up online, we teach scaling up online. That's one of our classes. Every time we run the scaling up class. We post the same articles again every two or three days in the three or four week campaign. So we know the articles. We have them already in the blog. We have to repost them consistently with a different explanation uh, tied to the news of the day or the flavor of the day to get people to react to that blog post. Brilliant. But yes, we most of our leads come from LinkedIn, yes. but we have to repost consistently. Yeah, okay, great. And and around conversions, right? So let's say we've got your leads happening, which you've given a great explanation of those two key things, you know, the content and the paid. Then on conversions. So, you know, I'd love to know from you some of the, the best funnels. Like is it, uh, you know, for example, we use a, a three-step process, a short qualification, then a discovery, and then a, a investment call. You know, what about from your perspective? What have you seen work best from a conversion point of view? So usually when we give you a lead magnet and you download something, we ask you how many employees do you have? And that buckets you on a different stage. Yes. 
And because we know the challenges each one's having on each stage, we could do the right follow-up. If someone is on stage three and four, we usually send them a lot of content. We don't try to sell them anything. And we invite them to a consultation call or a sales call. Yes. If they're on stage one, we immediately sell them, send them to the edge that it's a membership of $100 a month. We give them content, but we immediately send them to an offer. Uh, if they're on stage two, we usually send them to scaling up to the masterclass that we launch four times a year. So we know, depending on the stage, what's our biggest pain, and we have a funnel designed for that. Indeed, I were, I'm having a webinar with Ryan Levesque. I don't know if you know Ryan Levesque. Yes, yeah, the Ask Ash Method. Yeah, that's method. Yes. So we have a webinar with Ryan next week, precisely to our clients. We use a lot, a lot of Ask, and indeed, let me tell you a quick learning. We all our messaging was scaling, scaling, scale up, scale up, all about scaling your company. And with the time, with asking questions to our clients, we realized people that came to us, it was not to scale. It was how to reduce drama while scaling. They were saying, hey, I'm growing really fast. I just have a lot of drama. Everything depends on me. Help me get freedom from my company. So we get more clients wanting less drama than clients that want to scale up. And we had no idea until we started serving our clients. And that's when we realized what our what was the real trigger that get them to come and buy. Yeah, and I, and I love that. I think that what the subtitle of the book is, um, I've got it here just so I make it right, is 10, 10 times the impact with half the drama. So I'm assuming Correct. that's taken from the ask method. And, and to be honest, we... You know, we do quite a bit of that on outreach where you, you know, effectively to validate any new offer to, you know, have a 15-minute call with people and go through some of Ryan's questions in his process to make sure that it's in their words, not yours. So I think that's a really powerful thing. Well, look, Daniel, I could, uh, you know, talk to you forever on 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 this topic. I suppose the, the last thing is just on, you know, you talked about masterclass and, and webinars, right? I, I often joke that some... People are still sort of selling offline, online, right? <laughs> they're, they're, they've got a foot in both camps. So for you, what's been your experience uh, using uh, webinars and masterclasses to help you, you know, uh, grow? grow all, all, all sales start uh, with, a phone, with, a, with a webinar or something online, yeah. but depending on the purchase. Like someone that is going to buy up to $500 to $1,000, they're willing to put their credit card on a form or whatever. Any purchase the three to five thousand or above have to have a person on the phone. Very few people buy something above two or three thousand without having someone on the phone. So in Growth Institute, we get we get probably twenty thousand leads a quarter of new leads because we survey them. We know what stage they're at and kind of idea, and we follow them and ask them for a phone call, and we know wherever they are in the stage. And we also use HubSpot that we, we give some uh, points and say, hey, if they saw a blog post, give them five points. If they saw a second blog post, give them five more. If they come to a webinar, give them 30 points. And we tell the system, when someone has above 80 points, trigger a phone call. So the sales agent gets an email and the client gets an email or potential client gets an email, say, hey, get into a phone call. But the sales agent said, hey, he saw one webinar, three blog posts, and order a call. Ah, now we know how hot the client is and how many 
times they have interacted with us, how many emails they got, how many emails they opened and click, and that gives us a ranking or a number, and that determines how we follow up with you. Yeah. So if someone is above 80 points, immediately gets a phone call. Yeah, brilliant. And, and you know, a lot of people say, look, I struggle with sales, right? And I think what you're learning from Daniel is that it is a predictable system. And, you know, you just take one of these concepts and implement it in your business, right? And particularly if you're in that grow, grow up stage, I think you're going to have so much value. And there's actually one other quick question. I know you say Please. that lawyers make the best CEOs. So I'd love to know why yes. lawyers <laughs> make the best CEOs and also who makes the best salespeople. All right. So let me go to lawyers and then I'll go to salespeople. Uh, so Jim Collins, when he wrote his book, uh, Good to Great, so he explains everything that was happening for the company and he gets a lot of questions saying, hey, what about the CEO? Who are those CEOs that scale companies from good to great? And he goes and does, does research and he realizes that the most CEOs of the companies when they went from good to great were lawyers. And Jim said, but I hate lawyers. Like I was expecting they were chemical engineers or electrical engineers or like he was expecting this engineering thing or a business major or something. And it was lawyers. So he goes down a rabbit hole to really understand why lawyers. And he realizes that a lawyer, usually a lawyer that you hire as a CEO, they could not tell you what to do. They say, well, the law says this, but I'm here to help you not to break the law, but you could do whatever you want. If you want to break the law, I cannot stop you. But my job is to guide you on how best to bend the laws to be able to do your business. But they said, I know less than you of your business. I'm here to coach you, but you decide. And then I'm there to fully support you in the process. And that's what makes a great CEO. And usually when they become CEOs, because they don't understand the business, they trust their team more. And then they coach their team more and say, hey, what you said is great. I will help you. And then they coach them and help them be successful. And that's why they become most of the best CEOs because of the coaching habits that they have. Great. So In the case of sales. Sales people. People that really know how to read numbers and trends. And, and this is going to sound a little bit controversial. Salespeople believe that them talking and having charisma is going to be great. No. The ones that follow the best process win. And you need to have a salesperson that is willing to follow a process to the T. And Jack Daly always tells me this. He said, the best sales agents are the ones that answer your concerns and you feel the answer is unique to you, but the answer is canned. Every word, every accent, it's practice. And that's why they win in sales because they follow this, the best sales process. And that's what's happening today online that people are doing all these webinars like you and the LinkedIn and the messaging and all that. You're able to script the best sales process and having every client follow the, the same sales process. That's why the online is being so effective. Yeah, look, because I, you don't depend on your client, on your executives changing. They follow it exactly the same. Yeah, look, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, 18 years at Coca-Cola, who, you know, I suppose is one of the better sales companies on the planet, we, you know, that was completely, and it was interesting, some of the best sales directors were actually accountants because they actually knew 
the key numbers and they did they didn't get the emotion get ahead of the facts yep. that they were dealing with and 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 often in sales one thing that i think is you know not as always obvious but you know Yes, you can sell more, right? So a lot of people say, I need more leads or whatever. But, you know, one of the biggest drivers is what you actually charge, right? And if you know your numbers and if you know your pricing and you know your margins, you know, you can make a lot more money with less effort. And that's why, you know, some people I say, look, you can achieve the goals that you want personally by staying in stage two, the grow up stage. You can stay there by just making sure that you're pricing your product right to the right people that will get a great result out of that and then it's a whole lot less effort you know for for um for more uh, financial return for you and your so family. i'll tell you a quick story yes. i before i build growth institute i was a business coach yes i had an assistant two coaches junior and myself yes. we we're doing over a million dollars in revenue so i was making a lot for myself and i was taking four months vacation a year you, it's like you can't do better than that. Yeah. Now that I have Growth Institute with 10x revenue, uh, with Growth Institute, now we're digitally and all that, but I myself make less. So I have partners and investors and things like that. So I have a salary. So I make less than I used to do before. And I work double of what I used to work before. But I am creating a asset that one day, 10 years or whenever I want to sell it, is going to have an intrinsic value that I'm going to capture a lot of that value. But as a lifestyle, my wife always said, I love when you were a consultant. <laughs> I had the great time. We would travel the world all the time. We had all this space. You had less stress. So it's a, it's a great, if you really want to stay on stage two, you could make a very profitable stage two with a great quality of life balance. Yeah. So yeah. I, I've encouraged more people to stay on stage two than to go to stage three. Yeah, and look, if, if you know, and you talked about it pre-show, uh, you know, like the amount of hours you used to travel, but, you know, like I was a director at Coca-Cola and, you know, I worked very hard. Like I worked very, very hard for 18 years and, you know, I remember my daughter uh, was very ill one point. I'm in the other side of the world. My wife's, you know, on the phone. You know, th- those experiences sort of stay with you. And I, and I think if you are listening and watching this and you you know you've done your corporate dues and now you're out running your own consulting practice just don't don't be too hard on yourself there is a way that you can have a predictable sales model that can get you a brilliant lifestyle still make the money that you want to live a lifestyle but you don't have to run yourself into the ground well look i've got to move into the rapid fire uh, section but before i do i'd like to talk to you about you know we're talking sales here and and you know, I've got a pulse check, which basically goes through the key nine questions you've got to ask if you've got that predictable sales machine like Daniel's been talking about. So just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse. There's nine questions in three minutes. And then based on your answers using the Ryan Levesque ask method, based on your answers, then I can go on a call where we'll set up a plan, not a sales call, but a plan for you. So you ready for the rapid fire section, Daniel? Ready. All right. Well, let's bring bring it home. So the, the, the first one is what habits, daily habits, make you successful? The most important one is the morning habit or the morning ritual. I wake up two hours before my family wakes up and I dedicate two hours to gain energy and value. So I wake up, I have a really good cup of coffee, I do some exercise. I read for a half hour or just get some learning in my brain and I meditate for a little bit. 
So by the time that it's 7 a.m. that my family wakes up, my energy levels are really, really high. I'm concentrated. I'm already in a great mood and state to start giving value to the world. For me, that's the most important habit that you could ever have. Well, I know your goal is to, you know, uh, educate and help a million a million entrepreneurs, but how do you give back other than through the Growth Institute? So at the Growth Institute, whenever you buy any of our programs, a percentage of all the revenue that we generate goes through uh, B1G1, is this organization that helps other nonprofits. And they they check who's really adding, doing things well and who spend the money well and all that. Today, we're supporting a relief fund for Indian kids or kids in India. Uh, COVID has hit India really, really dramatic. Uh, a lot of kids, they could not go to school, but they don't have computers, they don't have phones. So we're donating a lot to help uh, poor kids in India be able to go to school. Uh, for us, that's the basic. If, if you could not go to school, then you could not get a job if you don't know math and English and the rest. So that's what we're helping today. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, what tech is essential for running your business other than Zoom and HubSpot? <laughs> Super helpful, very important. Um, an LMS, we have a learning management system uh, that, that we build and run. Uh, I use Gmail or all the G Suite extensively. All our all our documents are in, in Google Sheets and documents and all that. Uh, really, really, really important. And then my phone. Like I could not live without my phone. Uh, just all the apps and stuff. Um, uh, we, of course, all our marketing is social media. So we're very, very aggressive in social media. We have a lot of followers, do a lot of content. So we use LinkedIn is our number one uh, social media source. We're getting a lot in YouTube. Um, I don't know if you saw what happened last year with COVID. YouTube exploded in revenue. YouTube today is doing like 90% of the revenue that Netflix is doing. And just people clicking in ads, it's crazy profitable. Uh, So YouTube is beginning to be important. Today, LinkedIn is still our number one uh, by far, but we're putting a lot in YouTube. Brilliant. And, and, And where do you go to get help on growing your business? So we very early uh, realized that every problem or opportunity we have in business or in life, instead of asking, what do I have to do? We always ask the the question, who is the best in that? And then I immediately go and read their book. Uh, Usually they wrote a book. They went through the same process like you some years ago. They found or figure out the methodology and then they wrote a book about it. So the first thing I do is I, I get the book. And then I take a course with them, go to a conference, hire them to coach me, whatever. But we always find who's the leader in the category in what we need to do and get help directly from them. Yeah, and I know and you've got your own podcast, but I think that's where podcasting is great as well now. I love it. You know, I, I listen to two and a half times speed, but you can just get to know exactly what the person's like before you go to them. So if you are a consultant and you haven't got a podcast or aren't getting on podcasts, yeah. recommend it highly. Well, the but last one thing you said very interesting at, at the beginning, you said yeah. you've done over 300 podcasts. Just be able to have people on the other side and be able to ask them questions for 45 minutes. Oh my God, it's an amazing experience. I've learned so much from doing my podcast. Because I interview everyone. So I ask them the questions, get the response. I'm, I'm hearing them. I'm learn, learning all the time. So doing a podcast is great as an outreach, but it's also a great learning experience. 
Completely. And then, you know, and you're meeting brilliant people like I'm meeting Daniel now who I've followed for a long time uh, on the other side of the world and uh, we're having a great, great conversation. So the last question is a simple one, but what's some parting advice have you got for us? Really understand what you want in life and build a business for the life that you want. Um, I see a lot of entrepreneurs that they, they design their business and try to do whatever they believe is the best for the business. And they end up having not the life that they want. So first, build the life that you want, and then build a business around the life that you want. And yeah, that well, changes everything. Yeah, well, look, it's been such a joy uh, listening to you today, uh, Daniel. You've got such a wealth of uh, experience, as I said in the in the introduction up front. And uh, yeah, it's just been an absolute pleasure. Um, and you've given so many valuable tips. I've filled my sheet here of of all all the values, so I recommend everyone goes to the the transcript and uh, and and really dives into the advice and just take one of those key things to drive sales. But the most important one action that I want you to take, and Daniel said it at the start, is go and download his slides to the book. All right. So if you go to DanielMarcos.co forward slash impact dash x dash workbook. And we'll have the link, obviously, in the show notes That's as right. well. But if you don't want to wait, I'd recommend you go and do that right now. And then also share what you've learned from that uh, to Daniel. I know he'd love to get your feedback. So, Daniel, absolute joy having you on today. Thank you very much, Paul. A great pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm glad I did so much research prior to the interview. And Daniel is just such a, an amazing guest. Uh, you know, the value that he gave us was incredible and he's such a nice person as well it's uh yeah it, it was such an honor to have him on the show and i hope you got value now remember go and get that uh, workbook so uh, danielmarcos.co forward slash impact dash x dash workbook i think it was one of the best examples of you learning before you go and buy the book impact X. Also, there'll be all the notes in the transcription and the links as well. So go and grab those. Uh, Daniel would love to know your takeaways, right? He did drop so much value. So please share it on your socials, mention him and give him the feedback for the, for the time and effort that he put into giving you so much value. So if you want to make your next million in revenue, as I said, go and fill out the pulse. So paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse. Please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet. 